Yay, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> Hi, I was actually just going to listen in because I'm prepping for cases, but if no one's here, there's like always something to talk about until <laughs> somebody like, else comes. <laughs> right? We'll see, man. It's it's a mellow night. It's like seven after and not many people are here tonight. So yeah. it's summer. Maybe that's it. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. What's yeah. going on? Um, I wanted to talk about this concept of... Um, like being beholden to work. Um, so the last time I did coaching with Jess, maybe like a week or two ago, and she said, okay, your group's not paying you. You've made your minimums for boards. Why are you still working? And this week I've been on call at multiple hospitals. It's been a little crazy. Um, one hospital is contract to call. The other hospital is voluntary call. Um, so I can turn down patients if I need to. Um, and part of the reason the beginning of the week got really crazy, was operating till 4 a.m. last night, is I did not turn down some of these patients at the with the voluntary call. And um, it got me thinking sort of why I or we feel so obligated to work. Yeah. What was coming up? Um, I mean, of course, it's always like patient care, right? So... I mean, the way I do things is if you call me and I'm free and I'm available, I will take care of it, um, especially if it's something that concerns me with the patient. Um, you know what they called me for? I was concerned about that. I I drove in to see the patient in the evening just to make sure they were OK. Um, but again, the patient could, you know, one of the other surgeons who's also on voluntary call could have seen them. The patient could have been transferred to the main hospital. That's what happens if like none of us are available. Um and, you know, obviously with everything going on in my group, I know I won't get paid for like any of this. Um, but the good news is the patient's better. So I think the base thing is, well, this is a patient, this is a person who needs help and they're calling me. So I'm going to go help them. Um, but I feel like there's plenty of doctors out there that when they're even on official call will turn down, you know, things they're called for. Mm -hmm. So it's just this concept of feeling the need to do the work. Yeah. What, what do you think about, did, how does it feel to you? Like to realize that, are you like, sweet, it's my calling. This gives me energy. Or are you feeling like shackled? Um, both. I mean, obviously I'm very happy that the patient is better and actually learned a lot from this case. So it's always good to, you know, good to know. Um, but, and again, for me, it's, and I think for a lot of us, it's never really been about the money, but as one surgeon told me, it's never about the money, but it's also always <laughs> about the money. Um, when it's okay, that's fine. Seeing these patients, not turning down consults, um, even though I very well could, um, but then it's, well, now I'm killing myself to operate all night for a group that is, you know, withholding my pay. Um, so on one hand, you know, I'm glad the patient's a lot better. I'm glad we were able to figure out what's wrong with her. Um, on the other hand, it's more um, angst with my group of I'm doing my part, you know, but you're not doing your part. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I just saw this post. I don't know if you guys follow her name's Dr. Una. She's a pediatrician and she actually like coaches physicians into starting their own private practice. Like that's her, that's her niche. And she was, she actually was talking about this today, kind of the whole thing of like doctors working for free or, or taking on tons of free stuff and being like, who else in healthcare ever does that? Like 
nobody, not the nurses, not the janitors, not the pharmaceutical companies, not the people who own the hospitals, not the middle managers, zero people do that except for doctors. And it was kind of just like a, a, she was kind of just pointing it out of like, literally who else does this? And if the answer is zero other people, like why do we do it? And I think a lot of the times it's because of our thoughts about Mm -hmm. that. Right. And then you realize like, oh, it's my thoughts that are guiding me to not ask for what I'm worth, not go to a place for what I'm worth, not saying no, depending upon whatever situation. And by no means am I here to to say, to be judgy. I'm here to just point it out of like, a lot of times it's our thoughts that keep us doing this behavior or deciding, no, I'm only going to give this many, this much of myself. The rest of myself is going to go over here. And I think a lot of that ties into what, how we see ourselves. I, I, I posted about this like a long time ago, but like to say I am a surgeon, right? Is like our identity is so wrapped up in what we do. And we're kind of indoctrinated that way, right? The practice of medicine, the calling of medicine. Like we're really indoctrinated into it being in our bones, which I think makes it a lot more difficult for us to then separate when we're either in an abusive situation, a low paid situation, a a situation where we're not thriving, is we kind of fall back on these indoctrinated identities to the point where people are like, I don't know who I am when I'm not doctoring, right? Like that that is who I am. And to be able to like realize the ego that's actually wrapped up in identifying as something that's external to who you are without any identity. Yeah. And I feel like we have, it takes so much time to get to where we are that it's like, that's all, you know, for so many years, it's like all you're thinking and doing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think the training requires you to drop all the other things, right? Like Mm -hmm. I used to read, I used to play the piano. I used to be on a competitive soccer team, whatever doctors say they used to do, it's like they literally severed those interests to to dive in. Like I missed an entire decade of like my family's, you know, weddings, all the whatever, right? It's like, you're like, you carve that away. And then you're like, who am I without doctoring? And it's like, indeed, who are you? Because you, you amputated the, all the rest of your lives to, to, to go on a path. But I think I think where we lose ourselves more is to say is to look at the past to explain your our current situation, right? Like, well, I had to get rid of everything, so now I'm going to keep getting rid of everything. Right. Yeah. I mean, today <laughs> when I got called, I was like, "Nope, call the backup surgeon." I was like, "I went to sleep at 5 a.m. I am not doing another case tonight." Yeah. Um. I mean, my group's going to get the money. I'm just not going to get any of it. Um, But I just thought, because I'm never like that, right? Is for me, you call me, I'm available. I'll help you. That's how I've built my reputation in town. So I think that's why it's also been a little bit hard to say no is, you know, the ER docs and stuff. No, if someone else is refusing, they can call me and I'll try to help them. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I've just seen, and I was say like, I'm not here to, to judge any doctor mm-hmm. for how they want to practice, but I'm here to say, I've been doing this enough that I've seen what self-sacrifice does to a doctor and what it does mm-hmm. to a human. And like, it, it can be not pretty. You know, like I, I've, I've had, we've had one trigger warning, but we've had one suicide mm-hmm. in, in my town of a physician. Yeah. I remember you mentioned that, um, after it happened and yeah, certainly we don't, I don't want to get to that point. We don't want anyone else to yeah. get to that. Um, so after this, work, yeah, like, you know, the, what they said about her was like, she would drop anything to, to work. She'd drop anything right. to, to do her job. She had no other hobbies. And so now I'm always very much of like, beware the ego that can only doctor. That's good. I think that especially, you know, obviously when you're in training, you don't have a choice. But I think when you get out, it's important to say, well, I have a life now. I can go do these other things. Yeah. Or even the, um, you know, for the person who's like, I don't have another life. But I know that's because I got I created that and I can choose now to go explore that. Cause I think where we get, where it gets stuck is we're like, this is what I've always done. I've always taken care of all the patients. I've always said yes to every case. So I'm going to keep doing that. Yes. Yes. As if your past dictates your future. Okay. Yes. That's definitely what is happening here. And it's like, your past does not have to dictate your future. Like that's the big, like massive aha of coaching, right. Is like, Mm -hmm. I'm using my past to plan the future when you literally don't have to. Right. You can just set your own future. Yeah. You can, you can be aware of the patterns of like, Oh, I see how I got here. I see how I can keep going. Cause I think a lot of people are like, it's just so easy, right? Like I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm still good. And it's like, of course you are. You've practiced it for like how many years? (laughs) Like you rock at this. Right. And I think like as physicians, we're naturally people pleasers too. So it's like, oh yeah, of course I'll come and help you. Um, but I told the hospitalist to please discharge her tomorrow. So I do not have to come in on the weekend. Nice. <laughs> um, if it's okay, I actually wanted to pivot to something else that I just thought of yeah. um, to discuss. Um, so a couple of weeks ago when you gave me the tough love and you said, what's your plan um, with everything going on at work? And so- then I went to Jessica and cried. no no I actually um I have a job interview um next week in town um and it's the group in town that almost everyone in my specialty who's looking for a job will reach out to the group they're like the the holy whatever the holy grail um so I think that's pretty great um I'm feeling very anxious um you know what in the past, I've interviewed plenty of times. I've had like many job contracts, like too many for my young career, but I've always felt fairly confident <laughs> going into interviews. Um, and here, you know, they know the reason they know it's like financial issues in my group, bankruptcy, whatever. Um, but I can't help but feel, you know, like, oh, here I am, this young surgeon looking for another job, like X number of jobs in a short amount of time due to circumstances out of my control. And I don't want to bring that energy to the group. Um, Cause again, this is a very competitive group. They, you know, have plenty of people they're interviewing. Um, I would like to bring 
the energy I brought in the past when I would interview for jobs, which is just, you know, a confident surgeon who'd be a good asset to a group. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think you have a plan. Um, I don't know. I guess just getting that thought out of my head of like, you're not damaged goods. None of this is your fault. Yeah. Well, you're not damaged goods and none of this is your fault. <laughs> you, say, you say it's so matter of factly. <laughs> we, we can just make that your truth. Yeah. Totally. We'll put a little tattoo on your like left wrist so you can be like, hold on. Yeah, let me just let me just double check let me, what I mean. Let me just double check my facts. Okay, we're good. I mean, you know, the I mean the other thing to like totally flip it on its head, right? Because you you went from like I'm anxious because when I have these thoughts and I'm confident when I have these thoughts, and we're like, yeah, yeah, pick those thoughts. Like mm-hmm. take your deep breaths, write them down, read them in the car right beforehand, go in with those, right? Mm-hmm. Um but if, to flip it even one more degree of like Dude, you're interviewing these people. You know how many people need surgeons right now? Like a shit ton. Yeah. And you know what you know now? You know you know what a practice that fails is like. Like, you're, you're smart. You yes. got a lot of questions. How is this group different? How is this group diversified? What's their billing like? What's their leadership hierarchy like? What do you do when you disagree with management or two partners don't agree on something? How do you guys work that out? Right? Like you have a shit ton of, I would think you got, you would have a shit ton of questions for them now because you are experienced. Um, hold on. I'm actually writing down one of those questions. <laughs> You're like, this is recorded, right? <laughs> um, I need to write these down. I like the question about what happens when two partners disagree. Um, I mean, this group is the complete opposite of my group um, in every single way. Um, Yeah, no, it's one of those things where, yes, I'm interviewing them, but I also don't have a ton of choices right now, given like board's timeline and trying to stay in town and whatnot. Um, So I am probably on my end not interviewing them as much as like I normally would if I didn't have such a time crunch. Yeah, but you could leave again. Like, you always yeah. think you don't have choices. Yeah. You got choices. Don't limit uh, Don't limit yourself. What's that? I said, don't limit yourself. You got tons of choices. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like, but you want to do this due diligence, right? Like, I would like to be in a long-term relationship with the group. So I'm good at, like, ask all of these as if I do want to stay here once I pass my boards and blah, 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 mm-hmm. right? You're like, I, I don't want just like a less shitty situation. I want fucking awesome. Yeah, the partners there do very well. So I would like awesome. <laughs> totally. Um, I mean, the good news is I've heard from multiple current and former surgeons there that they are very, very transparent. So I'm sure whatever I interview them on, um, they will they will answer those questions, honestly. Thanks. I mean, dude, culture is everything. Also, see also getting paid. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But like culture is everything, right? Like all of those questions. 
Yeah. Um, and I also tell myself they have work to set up the interview very, very quickly. They wouldn't have done it if they weren't excited on their end. Totally. Yeah. Dude, you're a big asset. Big asset. You're hard. You're hardworking. You give a shit about patience. You're already in the town. You already know the system. Yep. Like you're a massive asset. You're already credentialed in the state. right like you're already contracted with insurances like you are you are very attractive yeah i have patients that will follow me you have patients that'll follow you like you compared to like some new grad from Mm -hmm. utah like who knows yeah But, but yeah like there's a lot on your side that it's like dude you be interviewing them girlfriend you want awesome mm-hmm Okay. And it's just like those, those subtle, like, it's just like expanding the brain to like, see it. Cause the brain Mm -hmm. will get all narrowed and be like, I'm, I'm a washed up, used up, (laughs) beat up (laughs) mid career. (laughs) Like like the brain will just like narrow you down into like, do you have any alms? I'll take them. Yes. Right. But right, and that's like, don't, expand yeah, the and that's brain like, to be like, holy shit, I am set up and I can literally just like walk over and like see patients. Yeah. And that's what, you know, um, obviously I want to portray more so than please help me. My group is imploding. I just need to take right. <laughs> alms. Yeah. <laughs> alms till my boards. <laughs> Great. That's like, that's like the perfect, perfect word alms. Oh, I'm excited for you. That's ma- that's major. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I was um, actually there was a surgeon who turned down the offer because she was staying at her current job who told me about it. And um, the surgeon who does the recruiting was very excited. And so I'm happy with how quickly they've put it together. Because um, like I said, I feel like that's always a good sign when, you know, they hustle on their end. It shows and- they got their shit together or they're well- desperate, but you're going to figure out which one it is. Oh, no, no. They, they, um, like I said, they're the group in town that everybody wants to work for. Um, and their surgeons don't really leave. So it's, um, it's hard to find open spots. So I'm like, well, you know what, you're in town now, you wouldn't have known this otherwise. So maybe this is the chance to go to a forever home that's really, really successful. Totally. Dude, why did the other surgeon not take the job? Do you know? Yes. Um, so, um, her job agreed to everything she was looking for when she said she was going to leave because her jobs had a ton of her jobs had a ton of turnover. But this job, no matter how senior you are, they start you at a beginning surgeon salary. So everyone starts at the bottom. So for her, it'd be like a 50 percent pay cut. Um, for me, it's a little bit of a pay cut, but I'm not even getting paid. So. <laughs> Um, so it is like a little bit like, oh, I've been out for a few years. I'd like to make a few years surgeon money, but, um, you know, apparently they're very good at, um, bonusing you if you're very productive. So I think a lot of senior surgeons turn it down for that reason, because it's hard for them to get that big pay cut. But for someone who's junior like me, it's fine. Dude, props to this other surgeon who, uh, (laughs) figured out what she was worth and got it before (laughs) she's staying like. Yeah, I'm 
surprised because where she is, they're pretty rigid about like what your salary scale is. But um, so she's capped at like, you know, how much she can make. And she got them to increase that. So good for her. Totally. Dude, you know how expensive it is to lose a surgeon and to bring in I mean, one? Like, exactly. like, they're smart. They didn't want to lose her. Yeah. I mean, she's the only one left. So in the last two years, they've lost all of their surgeons except for her. Um, so. Cool. Well, that's good to know that like, that's why she didn't take the other job. Cause her other job mm-hmm. was like, no, 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 we'll, we'll, I see you. I see your play. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Cause then it has potentially has opened it up for me. Um, cause my friend actually used to work at her old job and said for $2 million, she would never go back there. So <laughs> at least it's not like I'm looking at her leaving and trying to potentially take that spot. It's like, I may be seeing her turn down something that would work better for me. Yeah, totally. When's yeah. that interview? Next week. Sweet, dude. That's coming up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, they emailed me like, hey, we got everything together for next week. They know my time crunch. Um, There's a chance my group may actually liquidate. So the chapter 11 doesn't get approved and they just have to shut everything down. Um, So this other group is very well aware of my hasty timeline. Nice. Well, that's nice. Yeah. That they're like, let's let's get her over here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would like write down, write down all of like your power thoughts and like keep yeah. it. So I was, I gave a, I gave a big talk like earlier this year and I like literally just wrote down all of my power thoughts and kept it on my home screen mm-hmm. because I knew I was going to get stressed and forget all of my power stuff. And then you like have it written down. And you're like, it's so nice of me to write these nice things for myself. <laughs> and then you can go back and be like, I'm experienced. I got this. I'm interviewing them. Like we are, we're a perfect match. And like, just all of the power thoughts before you go in, just because like cortisol will make the like alms (laughs) come back (laughs) when you don't want it to. Yes. (laughs) No alms shall be given next week. Yes. Um, okay. I'll definitely do that. Cause again, I mean, every time I've interviewed in the past, I'm like, I'm awesome. You should hire me. And, um, I almost always get the contract and here I'm like, I really, really want this contract. So. Right. You're going to get uh, it. Yeah. And if you don't, yeah. if you don't get it, it's okay. And you're still going to learn something and you're still going to yeah. leave your current situation at some point. You just, you're just finding the right one. Um, yes. Either voluntary or court ordered involuntary. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to somebody because she was coaching on, I think it was Brooke Castillo coaching somebody on dating. Mm-hmm. And the people were like, oh, I'm not going to go out on, the, on a date if it's not the one. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, how do you know? It's like, maybe you have to go on 200 dates before you find the right one. You don't know that. You have to go on all the things to to get the thing to happen. And it was like, just such a nice way of putting like, doing uncomfortable things or like making it not be like this has to be the one of like who knows how many job interviews you need to find your perfect one you might be five but you're not going to know that until you do the fifth one right yeah that's true maybe i don't know how many interviews this is over the years but maybe 50th time's a charm right yeah and she's like but if you sit on your couch there will be no charms right Right. And I'm like, that's, that's cool perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know. We don't know which one's your forever one, but like, 
you're only going to find it by doing. Right. And I mean, with everything going on and we lost most of our staff and whatever, just going to work is so painful and it's like so stressful on my mental health that I was like, you know what? You got to figure out a way to go get out of here. So go to your interview and like knock them dead. Totally. Yeah. That's totally what's going to happen. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about it. Post, what is your <laughs> post interview story? I can't wait. Yes. Well, hopefully at the end of all this, I'll have a very good story. Or a shit ton of knowledge. <laughs> but well, probably- lots of knowledge. I know much more about bankruptcy than I ever wanted to know or ever cared to know. <laughs> I know. Right? But it's like, you're just like, you're like being forged in the fire, man. Um, I actually demanded a few weeks ago a meeting with my group's attorneys because um, the senior partner and practice manager weren't giving me any answers and saying they didn't understand stuff. So I said, okay, why don't we all do a call together? Um, and it's like, it's funny, even though the lawyers are, I'm going to say working for you in the sense that they're working like on the group side, the way they talk and the like jargon they use literally the first hour of the meeting was me asking them to repeat themselves in like normal people terms right. um so learned a ton from that totally yeah totally oh i'm proud of you thank you <laughs> progress Pro- massive progress yeah yeah huge awesome anything else no i think that's oh. it Update me on the flip side. Get some rest, man. Oh, I will. I am definitely going to finish preparing for my case and get to bed. I'm on the East Coast, so. Oh, yeah. Dude, get, get, some, here. get some sleep. Thanks yeah. for chatting. Totally. All right. Bye, Kelly. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, so proud of Sunny Spice. Okay. There's one other person on the call. Raise your hand if you want to come on for some coaching. And we'll see if if I can help you out. There you are. Okay, we are gonna change your name. We're gonna call, we're gonna call you sleepless on Thursday because it's late. I'll allow you to talk. All right, awesome. so on Thursday. Thank you so much. Um, so hey, I don't know if this is so much like coaching as just, I need a little advice as a young attending. Um, the, I kind of took the job I'm at because it was a little sleepier hospital and it seemed like everyone got along really well. And, uh, <laughs> joke was on me. Um, and it seems like now there's a lot more physicians kind of, there's been a little bit of turnover. One of our ortho surgeons left, someone's filling his shoes. That person wants to take over some of our call. Now there's just like a lot of kind of fighting and just, uh, disputes with people I didn't even know I would be disputing with and I, I don't really know how to approach it like basically um our hospital may be trying to split up our cranial and our spine call and we went from our office controlling the call schedule completely to all these different folks trying to get on call and now trying to split it between ortho and neurosurgeons and I'm like, whoa, how do I like fit in this? How do I respond to this? Like, do I have to do anything? Do I not do anything? Like, I don't know what to do. Uh, Who's your leader? So I'm in a two-person practice and the leader would be my boss. 
okay. employer. Yeah. So you so you kind of have somebody who's like been there longer, who kind of hopefully knows the culture a little bit better. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would probably start there as far as like what meetings do we need to go to? Who who mm-hmm. makes the final decision? Just like understanding the like laws of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So just thinking like, you know, part of the thing I really liked about being at this hospital is that it's small. And if there was an issue, there were, you know, three or four people to talk to. And that was it. And now it's getting to the point where there's going to be like five or six people on our call panel that are going to be spread across four or five different practices at two competing hospitals. I'm like, this is kind of bananas. But at the same time, I don't want to lose too much sleep about it because a lot of that is completely out of my control. I'm not on any of the credentialing committees yet. I'm still like a provisional staff member. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how much point there is to freaking out about it anyway. Probably zero point, but the brain, your brain's going to freak out about it because it's in the future. Yeah. And uh, and it sounds like some some or a lot or 32% is out of your control. Yeah, definitely. Brains love... That is the perfect formula for obsessive. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. That's yeah. true. And on, one, on the one side, I was thinking about it, like I'm building up enough elective income that I'm not sure I really need the call. But on the other side, we have this private practice surgeon who is, I just like annoyed me and maybe I have to just work through it. He was like trying to, he's not in our group and he is in our call group, but not in my practice. And he was trying to say that we should let these new folks coming in just take my call because I'm the junior most person. I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's not written anywhere in our contracts at all. In fact, the four of us in the call group have no contract with each other. It's just been like good vibes for a few years. And so everyone just put the call. But it wasn't like official. It just kind of worked that way until some other like characters came in and kind of shook up the scene. And now it's like this fake um hostility i'm like well i'm not just gonna give a call because you want to work at another hospital and collect your call stipend and not do anything at this facility right totally and i mean i think that like it's this navigating of like the unwritten handshake of yesteryear right yeah like so like this is how we've always done it but now it's not working out nicely like that so it's like no now we actually need to like write down what the plan is yeah, we all understand it. And then realizing like what you want matters. And right. it's not just like to, def- you know, defer to your boss who like knows how to navigate. Awesome. But don't defer to other people to tell you what you should and shouldn't have or want. Right. Right. right, right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, just you know, and it's that balance between like, I need enough call to keep my name out there, but not enough call that I'm going to burn out and hate this in, right. in 18 months. Right. And like my, my boss just got brutalized on his call. And usually the call here is like, you know, I mean, it can get busy, but usually it's not like very, very high acuity patients, but once mm-hmm. in a while they do come in the door and he got two of them and they, he couldn't transfer them out. And, you know, it definitely caused some headaches. Yeah, totally. And, and just things to think about, like just me having gone through call negotiations is documenting I won't work more than okay yeah I think is a very important because because a doctor's for example doctors assume like there's three people in town who do this call so it'll be q3 
And then like one of them or two of them leave. And this person then takes all the call because they didn't document like that. I will take no more than I I just think that as a, I don't know if that's a ceiling or a basement, but But it's important. But it's really important because people are like, well, I just figured the hospital assumed that, you know, of course I wouldn't take all like every day. And they're like, no, you take all community and now you're the only community. Yeah. And so it's like in the negotiations, don't forget to put that baseline because people do leave and you you never want to be and like smart hospitals will know that because they're like, we'll fry that person and they'll leave. But I think a lot of hospitals are like, it's in your maintenance of, you know, privileges that you take all unassigned call. Mm-hmm. Right. And like when all the dudes leave, you don't want that. No, I don't want to be one and two if all these clowns leave. I mean, I would survive, but I really don't want it. And, uh, and for better or worse, I like our previous um, guest on here. I have accidentally also become the go-to person, which is good and bad, but I mean, it means at two o'clock in the morning, I get called for really dumb stuff. I mean, it also means I get some good cases and some good things from the primaries, but by and large, it means on call that people are calling me with stuff they would probably leave my senior partner alone about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, we teach people how to treat us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it's just reminding, like for us, we have like a man, not a manager, but like the, the main partners what am i saying like the whoever's in charge of the ed like the doc who yeah. like is the boss of the ed right just reminding that person from time to time like hey don't want to be called at two in the morning for a uti not a surgical thing like right. <laughs> reminding them of like you want us to take all this call don't do that you know right, like, right. sometimes you have to be a little repetitive to like get them to figure it out but yeah absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. It's just weird. I mean, like coming into practice has been very, very strange. And I didn't expect that so many people will be fighting over a piece of like this small hospital's pie, but they really are. And I, I opened my eyes to a lot because I think that it probably would happen other places. So I was like, okay, there's no point in leaving my job over this. This is silly. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it does like, you know, at least a couple of weeks ago, it was really stressing me out. Now I'm like, okay, whatever. I have to study for boards. So if you idiots want to fight over call, okay, great. I'll, I'll take four days and sit in the back and eat some popcorn with my book, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, and so. I think, I think that's where like the power of coaching and like bouncing this off really does help because you'll be like, oh, I'm obsessing because it's in the future. And I don't have control. Like, right. obviously my brain loves that shit. Right? Yeah. And then yeah, you'll yeah. be like, of, of course your brain, your brain's trying to control an unknown variable. Like it can't. So then you can be like, Hey brain, Right. Let's read a book. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the other thing that you're learning is like, this shit takes a long time to figure out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It takes yeah. forever. It takes and forever. Also, yeah. And it's amazing seeing like what different, like how different people behave. I mean, we have some, some of my colleagues are just like wild cards. Like what they say and what they do are completely different things. Uh-huh. That's why you're like, like let's put this in writing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because this verbal handshake shit. mm -mm. No, it's not working very well right now. And I just just hope that the hospital doesn't get control over the call schedule because then I have like a total buffoon making it. Um, 
if that happens, I might, I would consider leaving my job because the person that they would put in charge of it is a total, she's a disaster. She yeah. did not be in charge of anything and she's in charge of all the credentialing, but yeah. she should like not be. <laughs> so, um, and, and that's like, if that's like your hard no, then you're just like, Hey, whenever we figure out what this rotation is, like our practice is happy to be the creators of the list. Yeah. Right. Like things you can, can take in house that aren't that big of a burden. Right. To be like, I have control of that. Give me your call requests off by this date. Otherwise. Yeah. You know, chips. And then you're not relying on this like third party person who doesn't understand. Yeah, no, this woman doesn't understand at all. And then it also just seems like the folks coming over from this other hospital. I mean, our hospital is a small standalone hospital and they're willing to onboard a physician who is literally an employee of a competing hospital down the road on a hospital employed physician. And they're going to give him privileges. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like what's going on here? It's interesting that other hospital would allow that with their employees. I know. Right. I, I think it's because they just don't have enough cases for him. And I think they're trying. We've had this longstanding suspicion that they're trying to steal cases from our emergency room. Cause mm -hmm. they do take cases that like, we could handle here and transfer them over saying that they need their ICU when like they're like patients that could be managed at this facility completely appropriately, especially elderly people that you're not going to operate on. Like you don't have to transfer them, but they transfer them with like some bogus argument that they need uh, some things that are available over there, not at our hospital. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I'm like, this, this is garbage. <laughs> like, And I, I actually pointed out to our CEO, I've shown him a couple of the cases that they've transferred over that didn't need to get transferred, but then they still continue to let them into the hospital. I'm like, well, okay, you're kind of like letting your competitor walk right into your ER, get your EHR. Like, what are y'all doing? But I don't know, not not up to me. Right. Yeah. I know. It's like all all you need to do is like at the end of the day, figure out what you are willing and not willing to do. Yeah. Okay. And then like protecting what you really, really care about. And then yeah. everything else, you can be like, you guys decide what you want to do with Tuesdays. Like, yeah, no, I, I honestly, I, I just need a little bit of call now to support my salary. But after that, I really don't care about call. And I think it's hilarious that surgeons who are 20 years further into their career are competing with me to get my call. I'm like, this is the exact opposite of what I grew up on, where all the senior surgeons were like, I don't want to take call, take my call, you junior loser. I know but, it is a little trippy. Yeah. It's really weird. It's super. I mean, it can be for like 11 million different reasons, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's because we have a bunch of surgeons here that um, they're nice people, but they're not super busy. So they just want to collect cost type ends and not operate. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, I don't blame you. But like at the same time, like you can't just like work mostly at another hospital and come to this hospital demanding a quarter of the call and being like, I'm equal when like, you're not even here or bringing cases here. Yeah. Well, I bring cases here two to three days a week and they bring cases here one to two times a month. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's so like, know this is like all this shit's made up, right? Like it's yeah. all made up and like, how this hospital does it is different than that hospital, which is different than that group, which is different than last year. Like it's all made up. And it's like, 
if you need to protect your call, you could even say stuff like that. You can be like the surgeons that operate here the most get first dibs for each month of how much call they want. Any leftover uncovered can go to these guys. Right. You get to make all that shit up if you want to. Yeah, I've been thinking about it. My colleague, my boss and I were saying that because we're the ones who bring all the cases here. Um, And then I don't really care if these other surgeons get iced out. And I honestly, I don't care if I have a fifth of the call. I don't care what happens with the other four fifths of the call. Perfect. Like I'm on call for my patients anyway. So who cares? And if one of these guys takes a call about one of my patients and they mess up, all I have to do is go to my my staff, you know, my medical staff and to the CEO and be like, Hey, um, this is what's going on. And we have to figure out how to rectify it. Yeah. Yeah. So totally. I mean, like, I think even just like talking about it to realize, like, figure out where you have the power, figure out where your boundaries are. Yeah. And then like the rest, and then that gives you so much power too. Cause you're like, I don't care about this, this, and this. You let, you yeah. let me know. And it almost is like, cause you're giving them the opportunity to have control of that part that you don't give a shit about. Yeah. Honestly, all I want is four to seven days a month of call. I don't want more. Like give me my four and I'm happy. I get done. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, I feel better. It's just so weird. Like there's so many people fighting over so much silliness, but I'm just trying to stay above the fray and protect my interests. As you should. And as they're all going to do also. Right. So it's yeah. like knowing that of like whatever stupid shit they make up, it's because it's they see that is in their best interest. Right. Yeah, and that's that, a good point. And that yours is just as valid and you don't have to roll over because you're younger or newer or do like no yeah yeah if anything you get more say because you bring in the mo- more cases to this hospital and i outbuilt my boss last month i outbuilt all like the, all the other surgeons so because we're because like, we're amazing like yeah, seriously this busy. group is yeah. freaking amazing our our problem is overwork not poor for yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely yeah i've, I've looked I was, it took me a while the only other time i outbuilt him was in november but um, I did it. So that was great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And then like you get to that point and then you're like, now you get to work on not taking as much call and like, you know, realizing like I, I have enough work now, this hustle thing, I can kind of like, I'm really good at it, but yeah. I can kind of like do some other things sometimes. And yeah. It's, I mean, and it's okay. Different- a great thing is too, like I'm in a private practice. So I've realized if a call stuff falls apart and I need more call, I actually am in a spot where I could do locums. Cause I can say, I'm going to take this Friday off and I'm going to go do locums and do it in state, and make a lot of money. Dude, so you have no problem. No, I was, I was looking at, it, I was like, wow, there's like opportunities within two to four hours of where I live. There's a lot of locum stuff that you can do. And it's not like, necessarily great but if you're hurting for income you know you can hand you can put up with anything for three days totally it'll probably like learn something and meet new people like yeah exactly even if what you learn is that you don't want to work at that hospital that's okay right right. even if all you learn is like where your grass is is really nice and green yeah good to know yeah that's a good point yeah 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 dude all right that's exciting all right well i feel better now so thank you absolutely anytime All right. I hope you get some rest. Thanks again. You too. Have a good night. Bye, everybody.